Hello, hello. It's another Sunday, and this is Twisted Wicked Crime with me, Christina. How is everyone doing? Man, do I have a crazy weekend. I am recording this on a Saturday morning, hoping that my daughter doesn't interrupt me. I really, really wanted to record this uh, last night on Friday so that I could enjoy a drink with you all, but uh, my daughter was not going to bed. She kept getting up and getting up and getting up, and I wanted to record this, and then what we do in the shadows, new season is back, and I don't have cable, but I have Hulu, so it posted on Friday, and I really wanted to do this and then curl up with a drink and watch that, but... Um, I finally got to watch the show, and if you guys watch it, it's so good. But today I'm doing this. I have my um, new niece's birthday dinner tonight, her 22nd birthday. Um, it's just me and my daughter going, and we're going to meet the family. My nephew, um, I think I mentioned in a podcast a while back that he got married, and so she's my new niece, and we're going to Texas Roadhouse. I'm going to uh, overeat like a piggy. And then... Um, Sunday, as in today that this drops, I have my little nephew's birthday party. So it's a wild weekend, and I'm glad I'm able to squeeze in this case um, that is wild and crazy. Um, this is a pretty well-known one, I think. Um, I really had fun researching this one, which is a weird thing to say. <laughs> um, there's just so many ups and downs, and also you're feeling bad for her and rooting for her to learn, like, no, you really shouldn't be. It's a roller coaster of our emotions that you feel. And if you've heard this case by seeing the name, then you know what I'm talking about. So let's go ahead and dive into the case today. Uh, I'm going to start by saying Susan Wright is kind of cuckoo bananas. I do feel bad for her if what she claims is true. Um, like I said, if you know this case, you know what I'm talking about. But Susan Wright was born on April 24th, 1976, to parents Jimmy Lawrence Wise and Susan Wella. Susan was known to be very timid growing up and pretty much her whole life growing up, she was. Susan really wanted to please everyone that she knew and came in contact with. And Susan had quite a few boyfriends in high school. And when she would have one, she would become that person they wanted her to be or whatever version of girl they wanted. It was just her constant need to please everyone and make them happy, I think. Like, that's what I'm gathering. She was to be very passive, too. Like, she would get pretty extreme with it and changing herself and who she was. Imagine, like, if you hated horror movies, but a guy or girl you liked loved them so much that you change yourself to be like, I love them too, and then go down that deep rabbit hole and research and watching all of them. And that's like that. But with Susan, it was like more extreme. So one of her boyfriends told her, Susan, you've gained weight. Um, excuse me, mister. Hell no. Don't let any guy tell you that and you just run away. Susan, well, she went on a crash diet. No, 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 no. Those are so bad for you. I am fat and I would never do one of those. Fuck that. She lost close to 20 pounds. And let me say that she wasn't even that big to begin with. She was actually pretty petite. And she definitely didn't need to lose any weight. That boyfriend was straight up trash. So you need to find you a new one, honey. And oh, she did. And actually, the next boyfriend might be a bigger piece of trash. This one told her that she should become a topless dancer. Wow. Just wow. Where is she finding these guys? And then did she walk away from this one? Nope. She agreed and she started working at a club doing topless dancing. Now, after a few months, Susan decided that this wasn't really the job for her. Oh, really? You realize that now? But she did stay at the club working as a waitress, and Susan was a religious person, and dancing topless was against her religion, so I don't even know why she did that in the first place. Oh, right, for a guy. Mm -hmm. That's right. 
She stayed at the club for a while and then she went on to do other various waitresses jobs. And while working in Galveston, Texas, she met a man named Jeff Wright who went into the restaurant that she was working at. They got to talking and they actually really hit it off. They started dating really quickly. Isn't that the way all these cases seem to start off? Like she's just a girl that really needs someone in her life and it really needed to be a guy. So I feel like these cases, they always like get together really quick, right? Or is it just me? (laughs) Well, life with them wasn't roses, rainbows, and sunshine. Now, there may have been some love there as others saw them as a happy couple, but that wasn't the case at all. It started by Jeff making Susan hand over all her paychecks to him the minute she received them. I would tell him, fuck off, dude. I earned it. We aren't married. Also, did you serve food all day on your feet? No, sir. No, goodbye. Mm -mm, No. I feel bad for her and I don't feel bad for her. It's, It's a weird emotion with this case. A case that I love and it's a weird thing to say. Now the path she takes with him is much worse and you will see. Jeff got more controlling by not allowing Susan to leave the house but just for work or if it wasn't for work just for an hour to an hour and a half at a time for her pleasure. Susan really wanted to take classes at the community college to further her education which right on girlfriend. So she tells Jeff this and he's like no You only want to get out of the house and go flirt with boys. She tells him, no, I just want more knowledge and I want to further my education. Okay, I'm telling you, this dude has some serious insecurities, right? Like, God almighty. Now, let's remember that this is Susan telling everyone this side. So we don't really fully know what is true. However, I do believe that when the abuse comes in play, that that is true. I just, um, some stuff she says, I don't know because it's coming out of her mouth, right? Well, very early into their relationship, Susan found out that she was pregnant and she was pregnant with a little boy. Jeff, he was known to go out and party a lot. He loved to do drugs, drink and gamble. He was a real wild child. So maybe having a kid would settle him down. Jeff decided that they should get married and they did. They did this when Susan was eight and a half months pregnant. Good God, can you imagine being in a wedding dress eight and a half months pregnant? She gave birth to her baby boy who they named Bradley and seeing pictures of him, he's just like the sweetest little baby face. Now Jeff seemed to settle down and He wasn't going out as much and everyone always knew that Susan would be the best mom. Like she just had it in her. So everything at this point seemed to be going great and going really well. Or was it? (sighs) Jeff started using drugs again pretty early on into Bradley being born. Um, He was still a good dad and a little more like had more of a steady home life, but he was just using again. I don't think he was like going out as much, but Susan just suspected that he was using again. Um, Susan said that he would come home from work and immediately go out back and smoke weed, which okay, is no biggie. I mean, back then maybe, but still no, even if it was illegal back then, it's not a harsh drug, but it's illegal here in Arizona. Yay. That is just fantastic. Susan said it didn't take long for the weed to turn into cocaine use. Seriously, guy, you're a dad. Stop it. Jeff would become home. Sorry. Jeff would come home super angry all the time. And he would call Susan a stupid bitch and that she was fat and that she gained too much weight during her pregnancy. Um, my guy, you're supposed to gain weight during pregnancy for your baby. I mean, you're not supposed to like overdo it, but you're supposed to gain an appropriate amount of weight. And I'm sure Susan did, you asshole. This guy is seriously an asshole. As Susan suffered from postpartum depression, sadly, a lot of women do. Um, 
So she was prescribed antidepressants. Okay, everything's great. Nope, this jerk wouldn't allow her to take them. He couldn't fathom why she would even need to take them. Her only job was to stay home and take care of their son, Bradley. So he couldn't understand why she was so depressed. I just want to throat punch this guy. Dude, it can actually get pretty lonely staying at home all day with a baby. Anybody who has done that, including myself, I did it for two years. It's hard. Um, I had times where I felt a little depressed because you're talking to a baby all day. There's not much you can do. I mean, you can go out and run errands and stuff, but a baby is just a baby. They can't go like on a playground. They can't do that. So I just, just was like, so fuck you, Jeff. Like you have no clue what a woman goes through during pregnancy or after. So I say, fuck you. <laughs> hey, but unfortunately, according to Susan, all this abusive talk started to become physical. Now, Susan would show up to friends' houses with black eyes, and she would have to make excuses for them by saying, oh, Bradley just was throwing his toys around, and he threw a toy at me, and it hit me in the eyes. Susan's back was covered in bruises, just covered. But she eventually tells her mom when she's visiting her, and they lean in to give each other a hug. Susan winced and pulled away a little. So her mom's like, okay, what's going on. I hear my daughter outside my door, so I hope she's not going to come in here. Jeff would actually be so angry that he would throw Susan against the wall a lot. And one time he threw her into it so hard that it left a Susan-sized hole in the wall. But through all this, Susan found herself pregnant yet again. Seriously, why? This time around, they had a daughter and they named her Kaylee. Susan sadly had postpartum again and Jeff couldn't believe that this was happening again. He said he was super pissed that this was happening again and stop it. Stop it. Be a woman. Like, I wonder why she feels like this, dude. Like, you're making her depressed, I'm sure. Susan said that she actually had been pregnant before Kaylee after Bradley And Jeff kicked her in the stomach so hard that she lost the baby. Okay, well, let's see if this baby softens Jeff up at all. You think another baby this time around and another, like, little precious little thing and a girl on top of that would? Guys with their little girls and daughters is just something special. My husband really wanted a boy when we found out that I was pregnant and The minute we found out it was a girl, he was like, no, she's my world. I I would die for her. And then after we had her, he's like, if we had more kids, I only want girls. Like the bond is just there. And the, the bond that they have now is so special. Changes a man, but not Jeff. Nothing changed. Cindy, her sister, knew what was happening. And so she goes to Susan and... Being a great sister, she says, okay, look, I love you. I love my nephew. I love my niece. And you have to get out of here. I will even rent you a U-Haul. So pack up your things and I will take you somewhere and help get you settled. So uh, Susan moved in with her sister for only a night till they found like a location for her to go. And Jeff came home and saw the house empty. So super pissed boy. He immediately calls Susan and tells her to pack her shit up and get her ass home and bring his kids. You live here with me. Susan was so scared not to go back. And her sister's like, you're not going back. But Susan was scared that if she didn't go back, that Jeff would find her and kill her. And this happens a lot in these situations. Um, As a lot of you probably know, um, when you're in an abusive relationship, You're scared to leave because you're scared that person will kill you. But also, if you stay, they could still kill you. I do not know what that's like, and I'm thankful that I've never experienced anything like that. And I'm horribly sorry for the people who have because when I hear stories like that and 
I personally don't know anybody, but when I hear stories like that, I hear stories like in the true crime world, like it breaks my heart because I just read like the fear that they have. And I read like how it would be extremely difficult to go back because I would fear for my life. I would feel for my children's life, you know, but seriously, if she goes back, she might get killed. It's just such like a, a bad situation. And I pray for all of those who are going through it now. Like it's just all the men that do that. You are pieces of shit and you need to rot in hell. So after this situation happened of Susan moving out, she moves back in and things are just brewing and stewing more. They're getting worse and worse than before, according to Susan. By January, Susan really didn't know what to do. And then on New Year's Day, Jeff walked over to Susan and said, Happy New Year, bitch. This will be your last one. Um, this is out of Susan's mouth, so I feel like that's a bit dramatic. But, um, like, what was she, like, making breakfast? And he, like, walks up behind her? I don't know. But anyway, she claims he said that. And if that's true, that is horrible. What the fuck, Susan? I swear. I'm, like, when I was researching this, I'm 100% on her side through this. Like, 100%. I'm like, you go, girl. I get what you did. I get why you did it. But then she does something that makes you not. Like, if you haven't heard this one before. Like, she makes some questionable decisions after she does what she does. Two weeks later, on January 13th, 2003, Jeff came home from boxing. Shocking. He loves to box. Oh, surprise. He's just the jack of all trades, isn't he? Working man, boxing man, great father, great to his wife. No. He told Susan go to go get their four-year-old son, Bradley, because he wants to box with him. Susan's like, um, no, that's not a good idea. I'm not, I'm not going to do that for you. I'm not going to go get him. Hey, you guys, this is sad. This is a big warning, okay? He pushed her and he said, go get him. And she didn't know what to do, so she got Bradley. She's really hoping that this would be innocent and just a play thing and they would play around. Now, Bradley went into the living room and he looked at his dad and he said, okay, this four-year-old said, Dad, I do not want to. Jeff looks at his son and says, don't be a sissy. To a four-year-old and his own son. That is just so sad. But it gets even sadder, okay? He started boxing with him and he hits Bradley really hard in the cheek, knocking his son down to the ground. He starts crying and he wouldn't get up. Like, dude, you like punched your kid in the face. Jeff looks at him on the floor crying and he says, stop being a little girl and get up. Susan, being a mama bear, is like scared to say something, but she's like, he's hurting my son. Like, she loves her kids. Like, so she speaks up. Knowing it's not going to be good, she says, why did you hit him? If you ever do it again, I'm leaving you. Oh, and you need to get yourself help. Of course, Jeff doesn't like this, so he grabs Susan by the shoulder and the arm and pushes her against the wall. And he's just holding her against the wall with force, saying, you don't have the right to tell me what to do. And then he says, I won't listen to your fucking ultimatums. Later that night, he raped Susan, which he often did. And they went to bed after, and she said she woke up at some point in the night to Jeff on top of her holding a knife saying, die, bitch. Again, that's Susan talking. I feel like that's a little dramatic. This is when Susan says she's kneed him in the groin and grabbed, like, overpowered him and grabbed the knife. And then she just started to stab him and stabbed him to death. She stabbed him in the head, neck chest, stomach, legs, penis, and feet. Ooh, the legs and the feet. Those are bony. She says that she stabbed his legs for all the times he kicked her. 
his penis for all the times he raped her when she didn't want to have sex. She said that she really couldn't stop stabbing him. She was afraid that if she did, he would take the knife back and kill her. She just snapped this woman. Like, she just snapped. She was viciously beat and raped. She's just going off. And Susan claims this was self-defense, but was it? The night Susan stabbed Jeff to death, the police were never called. Instead of calling the police, letting them know what happened, she lifted his dead body onto a dolly and wheeled him outside to bury him in the backyard. She buried him in a hole that Jeff made, but he already dug for a fountain. And then she covered it with soil like she was going to plant shit there, like crazy bitch. She then drained their joint bank account, which is huge. Mm, no, 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 girl. She changed the answering machine so that his name and voice weren't on it. And it wasn't like Jeff to miss work the next day. So his coworkers were like, mm, where is he? Even his family was wondering where he was. They hadn't heard from him. So obviously they go to Susan like, where's Jeff? Susan tells them that they had gotten into a fight. He attacked her and he left and she doesn't know where he is. In the days after, Susan cleaned the scene. She painted the walls. The, I imagine there was blood splatter all over it. She moved the bed and the blood-soaked mattress. It was, it was soaked in blood, you guys. It was so bad. To the backyard. She took it to the backyard and she just left them there. <laughs> okay. She cut out pieces of the carpet. I'm imagining where there was blood. And then she decided to file a domestic dispute on Jeff, but he's already dead. So you did it after he died. So that's, that's stupid. That's dumb. Five days later, after killing Jeff, she called her attorney and she told him everything that happened. Now, this is actually hard information to find. Like I went down the Google rabbit hole on this for a week and a half. Like this case is, there's a lot. You Google this. It's just pages and pages and pages and pages. And Anybody who researches a case knows that like one source has this and one source has this and you're trying to piece together your story and you're trying to make your timeline happen and you see one thing and you're like, oh, well, what happened after that? Like it makes you think. So uh, when she calls her attorney, I wanted to know like dates and stuff. So that was hard for me to find. But he, he calls the police, the attorney, and tells them about the body on January 18th. And then on the 24th of January is when police get her or she turns herself in. Most of us like, um, okay, why did it take so long? She murdered somebody. The body is in her backyard. Like, why wouldn't they? That kind of scares me, by the way. If an attorney comes to the police and is like, my client killed somebody, like, why wouldn't you? Why would you wait till the 24th if it's January 18th? Why would you wait till January 24th? I'm sure there was legalities in that. I don't fucking know. But that just scares me a little bit. Now, in any case, she did turn herself in or they took her in. And her trial took place 13 months later. Susan was sticking with this with self-defense. But there were a lot of questionable things she did the days after he killed him. And I listed them. That biggest one? Draining the bank account. Now, Kelly Siegel was appointed as Susan's prosecutor. <laughs> I'm laughing. This is so funny, which is like really not good news for Susan. Um, if anybody knows True Crime World, you know Kelly Siegel. She has done a lot of cases. She's a cutthroat, mean, and ruthless prosecutor, and she's actually known to be very wild in court. And um, she's a well-known one. So Susan probably heard of her before and was like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, hell no. Now, Susan is screwed, really, because Kelly wasted no time and went straight for Susan's throat. She says that Susan did this in cold blood. She said that Susan seduced Jeff that night and planned to kill him to get him uh, to get all his life insurance, which was $200,000 saying that Susan knew what she was doing. She went to say that Susan was upset by his drug use, his drinking, and the fact that he cheated on her, giving her herpes. 
Okay, dude, I'd be upset and pissed too if my husband cheated on me and gave me herpes. Stop it. I wouldn't kill him, but oh, I'd be pissed. Kelly is crazy. And you can actually watch this trial on YouTube or just like Google this case and you'll see a video of it. Um, <laughs> it's a cuckoo bananas trial. Like Kelly is off a rocker. <laughs> Kelly Siegel, you crazy bitch. Now, Kelly says for Susan to say this is self-defense is a, is a lie, a flat out lie. And to say that she got a knife away from a man who weighs almost 100 pounds more than her. You just can't. Now, she's a battered wife, she claims, and we've actually seen no evidence of this. And this was all a scheme put on by Susan to murder her husband for the money. Um, what? No, she has kids who she loves. Why would she make up a battered wife story? I think that's true, you guys. I really do. I think all that abuse is true. I think uh, when you hear a little bit more that this was not self-defense, but... I get it, girl. You were tired of being abused. I get it. But killing somebody is not the way to go. Now, she was just trying to get away, but like, and did she make the smartest choices after that? No. I I just don't know what to believe at this point. Was it planned? Was it wasn't? This was just a big question in my mind as I was researching this. Just because there wasn't abuse reported doesn't mean it didn't happen. So when I tell you that Kelly is crazy in court, this happens. Something I have never seen before. She got the bed and bloody mattress from uh, Susan's backyard and pulled it into the courtroom. And again, remember guys, this mattress is blood soaked, disgusting. Then she had one of her male colleagues get on top of the bed and she strapped him to it to reenact the murder for the jury. So Kelly gets on top of him, straddling him, pretending to be Susan and pretending to stab him. So the jury could see how the murder went down. This poor guy had to lay on a bloody mattress, just a soaked bloody mattress. Because of how many times Susan stabbed Jeff. All right, here we go. Go. Are you ready for this? Susan stabbed Jeff 193 times. That is not self-defense, girl. She stabbed him 193 times. I'll say it again in case you didn't hear me. 193 times. Jeff was stabbed 41 times in the face alone. So... Obviously, his face is hammer dog shit. That's a mean thing to say. I'm sorry. But that's what I like pictured it as. Like, ugh. There were 23 stabs to his neck. Tw- uh, 43 stabs to his chest. 22 stabs to his abdomen. 7 stabs to the pubic area, which also included a superficial cut to his penis. Uh, the other ones were just little, they were just stabs. This was like a superficial cut. 19 stabs to his legs, like I mentioned before, all those bones, oh, ow, I think that, I don't know what would be more painful, the penis or the the legs and the feet. Mm. 23 stabs to his hands and arms, which, oh, the hands, oh, mm -hmm. and there was just one stab to his back. All I can say is, holy Jesus. A tip of a broken knife was found in his skull, which broke off while she was stabbing him with a lot of force apparently in his head. There was candle wax found on Jeff's thighs and scrotum area, and there was also traces of cocaine found in his system, along with a date rape drug and some alcohol, which um, I guess can be, date rape drugs can be used to increase pleasure, so I really don't know if he took it um, because he was going to rape her and he wanted to like ramp himself up or if she gave it to him because she planned to kill him. This is where this case was just uh, one of those things that I have like mixed emotions on because it's like it could go either way. Now, she was in a rage, no doubt, and angry of how he treated her. That's no no question there. And she claimed she wanted it done and wanted to make sure that he was really dead. 
And she was actually really convinced that he would kill her. And she tells the jury that she was terrified and that this was not over his drug use or his money. But again, he did have the date rape job on him. So maybe she did seduce him. I, I really, I don't know, because Kelly goes on more about that seduction scenario. She's, Kelly uh, claims that she tied him up, dripped the candle wax on him, leading him to believe that something sexy was about to go down. And this points more rape on her end than his end, especially because the penis had superficial cuts and not just stabs. That is sexually motivated out of anger, apparently. I mean... He raped her a bunch of times. I'd chop that fucking penis off too. i just chop the penis off. I wouldn't kill the guy. Right? And just throw the penis down the garbage disposal. Grind it up. So, I mean, I would go to jail, no doubt. But I'd be happy because, hello, my man doesn't have a penis anymore. He can't have the pleasure of any woman anymore. But I didn't kill him. Right? Like, that's, that's the way to do it. Not this way, Susan. Not 193 times. Now, Susan actually did say that she had to tie him up or he would kill her. And she claims this over and over and over again. And that's why I keep saying the word kill her. Now, Susan actually says that he was not tied up when she first started stabbing him. And this is sad, guys, because I really don't know if anything was seen. She said that she started stabbing him and then... I don't know for how long at this point she was stabbing him. Then their four-year-old son, Bradley, came to their bedroom door. That is so sad. I'm not sure if it was closed or opened, and I'm not sure if little Bradley saw anything. But in any case, Susan said she stopped and then tied up Jeff so that he couldn't get up and come after her as she put Bradley back to bed. This is why I think it's sad because she had to have been covered in blood as she puts her son back to bed. Now she went to the kitchen after that to grab a new knife. Obviously the point had been um, she broke the knife off before Bradley came into the room. And she went back to stabbing him more and more. Just horrific. She stopped to put her kid back to bed. Again, imagine that she's covered in blood. And then she goes back and stabs him more. She claims to the jury and to the courtroom that she was in a fog this entire time. No, I think you were really in the clear and you were able to see the beautiful surrounding that you were creating. In your head, anyway. That's not a beautiful scene. You, first of all, were able to... Stop what you were doing and put your kid back to bed. I have a four-year-old. Well, she's almost four. She'll be four on the 22nd, so in a week. Um, It's usually like a 10-minute process. Um, Your kid gets out of bed, and then it's like you got to put them back in. You got to tuck them back in. You got to give them kisses. Got to say I love yous. Got to tell them stay in bed. Close your eyes. We're going to do something fun tomorrow if you get a good night's sleep. It's like a 10-minute process. And then you put your kid to bed, and then you clearly grabbed another knife knowing that the other one broke off in his skull. If this was self-defense, you stab once, maybe twice, which, again, I don't agree to do. But if that's the route you want to go, you just stab maybe once or twice. Then you call the police to say what happened. Susan, oh my God, did you guys hear that? My stomach's growling. I need to eat lunch. I'm hungry and I got to go get my prescription. But I'm giving you this case. Sorry if you hear my tummy growling. Mm, I haven't eaten anything today. I haven't even had coffee today. And why am I this hyped up? I don't know. This case, this case gets me going. Anyway, I'm getting off track. I'm sorry. Now, Susan claims she was in a fog for even days after she killed him. Again, honey, no. You cleaned. You painted. You cut pieces of the carpeting out. You changed your answering machine. And, oh, the biggest one? That's right. Remember you drained the bank account? 
you didn't do that while in a fog. You were in the clear. Then she's like playing the sob story, which might be true. This woman lived in fear. She says after she killed him and put him in the backyard and did, you know, all that. She says that she went on the couch with the night, with, with the night. I'm sorry. I'm getting lost in my notes. She says she went on the couch and held a knife all night awake, just kind of rocking back and forth. She was afraid if she laid her head down and closed her eyes that he would come back and kill her. She, in her head, didn't believe that she had just killed him, that he was still alive, and he was going to pop out of the ground and kill her. You stabbed him 193 times. The man is dead. It's just like a tough one as a whole, really. Like, you, you feel bad for her, but then you don't because you don't kill somebody because they're abusing you. I just, ugh. But on March 3rd, 2004, the jury heard both sides of the prosecution. They heard Susan's side and they go back and they take five hours to deliberate. Just five hours. I don't seem like that long. And they come back with a guilty verdict. They found her guilty of murder. So not first degree murder, just murder. I don't know the difference. Um, I think murder is murder. I mean, I know there's first degree, second degree, all that, but I don't know how you could just have murder. I mean, you murdered somebody, but anyway. Uh, this caused her to be sentenced to 25 years in prison. Okay, let's keep in mind that Susan's like 20-something at this point. Susan appealed her conviction two times, one being in 2005, which was immediately shot down and her sentencing was uh, still upheld. And in 2008, she did it again, but this time it was granted. And on the fact that there were new witnesses, this time ready to testify for her, not against her. And this actually got granted in 2009, so back in court they go, back in court they go. But this was all with the understanding that her original counsel would not be effective. So whoever was there helping her before, she had to get a new representative. And actually, this guy, Brian Wise, not, I don't know, Wise, like her dad's last name. Brian Wise, he was a lawyer, or he is a lawyer still, maybe, I don't know. At the time, he was a lawyer. And he sat in on her original court case. He sat through the whole thing and watched the whole thing go down. And he says that nothing was done right, and he wanted to represent Susan this time around, and he would do it pro bono. Oh, he sounds like a great guy. And he actually makes some really good points um, if you watch the trial, because I kind of just give you a little gist of it. But if you actually watch the trial, um, my stomach, you guys, I'm sorry. He says that the original case didn't explain anything. Okay, True. It was a circus with the mattress. I mean, Kelly, the prosecutor, was just trying to place her seducing, 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 killing, killing, killing for money, 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 money. Kind of almost like trying to persuade the jury. I mean, there were no facts. Now, Brian, um, the lawyer, said that a battered woman expert should have been called to the stand, saying this woman is claiming she was battered, she may have not filed reports, so let's get somebody who knows what they're talking about and help us out so that that didn't happen. And there were actually a lot of other people who wanted to testify for Susan, but they weren't allowed. Hmm. Interesting. It was like this woman, this poor woman got abused and the courts were like, well, she stabbed him 193 times. You're guilty, which I agree. She murdered him. That was not in self-defense, but I feel bad for her. Like she deserves a fair trial, right? As anybody does. Of course, Susan getting retried was very risky. This could cause her to get more time on her 25 years, or it could actually get her off altogether. It, it was just a risk that she was wanting to take by trying to appeal her cases. Now, two witnesses were called 
um, you can read a little bit more into each of them. One of them was a um, psychologist, because I guess Susan spent some time in the, um, like a week in a psych ward um, after she had done it. And uh, the psychologist had his opinions that he was saying and, and all that stuff. But um, one of them that I do want to talk about was the second witness, and her name was Misty. Ow, ow, I'm sorry, you guys. I'm sorry, my cat just attacked me. She's like trying to climb up my back. I'm sorry for that. <laughs> okay, where was I? Ow, you little shit. I'm sorry, guys. I got my tummy troubles, being hungry, and I got my cat attacking my back. Ugh, little shit. So anyway, one of these uh, witnesses that testified for Susan was engaged to Jeff at one time. Misty, Misty, Misty. She just spills it all. Ow, you little shit, stop it. Now, she said things with her and Jeff started off great and then went to the direction that they did with Susan. She claimed that Jeff would push her against walls and actually even one time threw a glass at her face while they were having drinks at a bar because another man looked at her. He threw a glass at her face because another man looked at her. That's not her fault. She actually said that she still has glass in her chin. <laughs> Jeff's dad, Ron. <laughs> I'm laughing because he is cuckoo. <laughs> he had to chime in like, nope, nope, nope. This woman's a liar. Jeff would never do that. <laughs> She's obsessed with Jeff. She's been obsessed with Jeff. Even up until the day he died. Mm. Also... She's a topless dancer, too. Woo! They're just like, does he think all these topless dancers, like, hang together and gang up to hurt men? Because that's what it seems like. And they're just buddies, and they're teaming up against him. It's like, okay, dude, sit down, asshole. You clown. Of course, the prosecution had to have a witness because they can't let Susan have all the, the good, the bad, the happy. So another witness from the prosecution side came in and she said that she dated Jeff and he was absolutely wonderful. He was just a, a wonderful guy, treated her the best. Mm. Two women are claiming he didn't, so I, I call BS on you. This woman says that she called over to their house to shoot the shit with Jeff. Okay, why are you calling your ex-boyfriend? Why are you calling your ex-boyfriend when he's married? Susan answers the phone and she hears this woman on the other side who she knows is Jeff's ex-girlfriend and Susan started screaming at her. Well, maybe I don't call a married man to shoot the shit with, okay? Not just, hmm, just a thought there, okay, pretty little princess, okay? So she's saying that Susan's wacky and she's mean and she's got anger issues, basically, is what she's coming down to. Now, it was brought up. Um, Susan says that she actually grew up watching her dad beat and abuse her mother until the day he died. She was a little girl. Her dad is a piece of shit. She watched her dad beat on her mother probably on the daily probably verbally abused her. Her mom had black and blue bruises all over her all the time. Her mother never left and her mother lived in fear every day. And she told Susan that the day he died was the best day of her life. And he died of natural causes or got sick or something. I didn't really read into it because I really don't want to hear about that piece of shit. He's a piece of shit too. But Susan herself is just kind of mimicking this. She came from a home where she watched her mother get abused. And so she in return uh, is in one herself, which I think happens a lot um, in abusive relationships. Like when they see their parents going through it, they, they go through it too, which is a very sad, sad thing. Now Susan finds herself, this is what I'm thinking, right? So Susan finds herself in a abusive relationship like she was with her mom and she watched her mom suffer 
every day until the day her dad died. And she's like, I'm not going to live that life. So that's why she had to have Jeff go. That's at least what I think happened. Um, I think she was tired of being beat and she murdered Jeff fullheartedly. Like that was, was it premeditated? I don't know. But in any case, she did it out of rage and anger and, as you know, stabbed him 193 times. So she definitely did not do that in self-defense. She definitely kind of planned on that, but I don't think it was premeditated. She just didn't want to live in this life for the next 50 years getting beat on. And, girl, I understand. I do. Like, I don't know what that feels like, and I feel bad for the ones that do. On November 20th, 2010, the jury came in hot with their new verdict. This time, she was sentenced to 20 years in prison. So she shaved five years off her sentencing. Yay! And of course, they um, honored uh, years served already. When Susan was read her new sentencing, she looks over at Jeff's family, and I don't think they heard her because I think it was a whisper and said, sorry you lost your son, your brother, and your brother-in-law, and I'm sorry that my kids no longer have a father. Mm, are you? Mm. Now, Susan is just a little go-getter. She didn't give up on trying to get more paroles, and she tried again in 2014 and in 2017 to both be denied. Then, in 2019, she was granted parole. Oh, eek! Ooh, oh, it's a scary thing. <laughs> she was released from prison on December 30th, 2020. So just two years ago, three years ago. Yeah, three years ago. <laughs> she was uh, 44 at the time of her release, 44, 45, <laughs> and she is 47 today. So she must been like 44 when she got out. Now, of course, her release came with a strict release, of course, right? They're not just going to let little Missy run free. Mm -mm, no. She had to wear an ankle bracelet, and she was required uh, to take a 13-month-long anger management course. Now, Susan is not allowed to see her kids or have custody of them. I mean, it's kind of sad. I mean, she, she loved her kids. I kind of feel like um, that Susan snapped that night that Jeff raped her because I think he did rape her. Snapped that night because of what he did to her son calling him a sissy, a little girl, punching him full-heartedly, full heart in the, in the cheek, knocking that poor little kid down crying. And as a mom, you protect your kid. And I think that was kind of like the ice that broke the camel's back. Um, you know, I, I really feel like she kind of always had that, but I think that's what kind of made her snap. She was like, that's the last straw. You, you hurt my child. So you have to go. Um, Bradley and Kaylee, her kids went to live and become adopted by Jeff's brother, which, uh, I'm not saying the brothers like him, but, uh, it's kind of questionable to me. It's just my opinion, but I hope they are doing really well and that they're thriving and happy and lived a beautiful life. When Susan got home, of course, there were a million reporters waiting outside and Susan looks at them and says, Please leave me alone. And don't treat my family this way. <laughs> really? Okay, girl. Seriously? Treat your family this way? Look what you did. Wow. That's a wild one, huh? I absolutely love that case. I really do. Like, you root for her and you're on her side. And then you learn... Then she does what she does, and you're just like, ah, oh, girl, I hate you, but I get it, but I don't. Like, you don't need to murder for it. Like, it's just, ah, you heard how amped up I was, right? Like, ah, <laughs> who else is kind of, who else was like not hurting, hurting, uh, hearing this case and then's like, yeah, girl, I feel bad for you. You get it. 
get it, get it, get it. Self-defense. Yeah. And then you hear what she did after and you're like, you stupid bitch. Ah, well, you know that you can see Miss Susan on my Insta at Twisted Wicked Crime the Pod. You can also email me at Twisted Wicked Crime the Podcast at gmail.com for case suggestions. I love hearing from you guys. And of course, you can support me too. Yay, guys. Thanks that uh, thanks to those have I'm at the end of my my talking, so my words are just like they're hard for me. Um, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash twisted wicked crime. I would love the support and I appreciate it if you do. And yeah, you know where to find me. So you all really mean a lot to me. And I did, uh, forget to mention in the beginning of this that, uh, I have some new followers and some new listeners. So welcome. You're in for a crazy treat. If you're backlogging it, doing the library thing and starting from the beginning, you'll get here. You'll get here as I'm saying, welcome, welcome, welcome. I don't know your names, but you're wonderful. And, uh, next week there will be no case. I'm not going to bring you one. Um, it's my daughter's fourth birthday on Saturday and her party's on Saturday and um, I have no time to record because the week next week will be preparation for her presence. We got her a new big girl bed and it's just going to be crazy. So I don't have a lot of time to research. Um, I'm working on a case right now, but I'm not going to be able to finish it with everything going on. And I won't have time to record because um, usually I record on Friday nights and that's going to be spent uh, scrubbing and cleaning my house because the birthday party is at our house and um, getting set up for the party. So yeah, I'm sorry I won't be uh, doing that. So I will catch you all in two weeks. I love you beautiful strangers. Stay happy, stay healthy, make good choices, and most importantly, stay alive. I will talk to you all in two weeks. Bye.